Well, hello, everybody. How you doing? This is episode number 175 of the S. Anthony Says podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says, starring yours truly, S. Anthony Thomas. Now, folks, I want to say I want to say a couple of things before we get started. I just want to thank you guys very, very much. Uh, last week's episode, which would, of course, be 174, uh, is literally as of yesterday, the third most listened to downloaded blah, blah, blah episode of all time for the podcast. Uh, thank you very, very much for that love and the support and all that kind of stuff. I really appreciate it. And uh, to the new people, thank you to the old people. Thank you to the people in the future who haven't listened, but will. Uh, thank you. Also, um, I get direct messages on Twitter from people who listen to me. Uh, I, I I appreciate the compliments and all the cool stuff you say, but it's like part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, part six. Um, you can you can actually email me uh, at uh, the S Anthony says podcast at gmail dot com. That way, you know, if you want to write some stuff, it's in one big chunk and not a whole bunch of direct messages. <laughs> so if you want to write stuff to me, I, I'll, I'll still read the, some of the, the direct messages. I can't read all of them. But um, if you want to uh, uh, comment on the show and they better all be positive, damn it. Please feel free to do so at the S. Anthony says podcast at Gmail dot com. Much love to every last one of you. Thank you very, very much. Sincerely. I know I thank you guys every week, but every week you guys give me something to thank you for. Okay, all right. So I'm going to keep thanking you. Deal with it, punks. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Much love to everybody. Uh, you guys ready for episode number 175? Of course you are, and so am I. So let's get it on. Episode number 175 coming up. Roll that theme song now. Go. Folks, you know what I want to talk to you guys about? I want to talk to you guys about conversations that you have with another human being when you actually aren't even using words to have the conversation. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been in a relationship, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I'll tell you what I mean. This was years ago, and it was a lady I was, I was with. We were in a relationship, uh, which means, of course, getting it on regularly. And so we go to the movie theater and, you know, and it's, it's a generic topic, but it's, it's the truth. You know, some cliches are cliches because they're cliches and some cliches are cliches because the crap actually happened. And this is one of those cliches that happens because the crap actually happened. You know, you go to the movie theater, you're 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 in and it doesn't matter whether it's the same sex, different sexes. It doesn't matter. It just means it just needs to be two people. One of you puts one of you parks the car and one of you goes to the thing and you buy the ticket. And then while the other one has the ticket, one of you is outside. You give one the ticket and one person gets in line and one person goes to get the seats. And then when the person with the food gets the food, goes to sit down in the seats. Then the person in the seats then goes and goes to the bathroom and that person comes back. And then the other person goes to the bathroom. And then while that person went to the bathroom, the other person ate half of the popcorn. Now you got to go back and get more popcorn. And then when you're back at the popcorn, you sit down, they go back and they get the nachos. And it's like a it's like a machine. But every once in a while, even a, a, an experienced couple, which I was at that particular time with that particular woman, there is a mix up of communications. It's like when you watch a really good football team that should be blowing the opposition out. All of a sudden they start missing passes and missing tackles. They're out of sync and you see them fighting on the sidelines. Well, that's what it's like when the two person relationship at the candy counter team starts to miscommunicate. She told you she wanted you to get a large popcorn and a small M&M's and you weren't paying attention or she said it the wrong way or whatever. You come with the wrong size M&M's and you come with the wrong popcorn and she wants to kill you. Well, in this situation, I'm standing at the cannon counter or, or the, the, the overpriced crap counter with my, my girl at the time. And she says, I want you to get this, that, this, 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 this. Because remember last time you did it and she's berating me, not in a harsh way, but in the I am annoyed with you and I'm going to embarrass you in front of as many people as possible. But I'm going to do it at a conversational level. In fact, I'm not going to try to embarrass you in front of a bunch of people. I'm just going to try to embarrass you in front of that chump behind the counter because he's the one right there with the food. I'm I look cute, don't I? He's dumb. And then she walks away. That's basically what she did. It's like she knew she looked awesome, you know, because I was grabbing her ass the whole time. Like, yeah, as soon as I get you back to the house. 
So we're sitting there with the popcorn, and, and she doesn't want to get into a fight, uh, but she doesn't want to make sure that I bring the right stuff. So she goes, <laughs> and then she does a little twist. I look delicious, then I and walks away. And now I just got berated, and the guy behind the counter was an older guy, and he's looking at me like, <laughs> you know, he has that little smile on his face. He's still adding up the stuff, and he looks up at me like, <laughs> and I can tell one guy to another guy. Basically, his smirk and his <laughs> was the was basically him saying to me, "I am also married and or in a long term relationship. That crap happens to me all the time. It's fun watching it." And it's not fun being it. And I look back at him with my face as if to go, yeah, well, you know. Right? I gave him the, yeah, well, you know. And he gave me the, (laughs) which was the equivalent of a three-hour conversation dissecting both of our relationships. But it's more efficient to do it with your face. And that's all it was. That conversation took about five seconds. It was over. There were no words. There was me handing him a 20 and him going, this is a movie theater. That's just enough for one kernel of popcorn. And then I handed him my credit card and it melted because... That crap's expensive. But that was a conversation between me and that guy. He was looking at me like, (laughs) you woman's destroying you right now. (laughs) And I'm looking at him like, (laughs) my woman just destroyed me, didn't she? (laughs) Your woman destroys you when you go home and when you do something dumb, don't you? And his face was like, yeah, pretty much. And that's what it's like. You have conversations, face-to-face conversations. No words are exchanged. It happens everywhere with everything. You're driving down a road. You got your car. You're happy you got your car. Now that you have this particular car, you now notice this car every time you see it on the road. And there's a little charge inside of you when you pull up beside somebody and they got the same car you have. And they're looking at you like, ah, you also have good taste. Hey, you have good taste. And you always say the same dumb crap. We're all intelligent people. I talk for a living. I could come up with infinite things i could say that would be witty and charming and hilarious and interesting and stuff other people haven't said but even i who would use words for a living for his entire adult life who concoct stories hour and a half stories one you know two hour stories does plays and all this kind of crap my talent and genius and triple genius and i pull up beside somebody with the mighty toyota camry like my toyota camry and even with all my creative experience i roll down the window and i go nice car buddy (laughs) and that of course that genius in the other car goes hey you've got good taste in cars and we drive off happy with ourselves that we came up with that incredible conversation dumb But if you really think about it, most times you don't even say that much. Like I said, you talk with your face, but without the words. You roll, you look over at the other guy and you give him the look. (laughs) And he gives you the look. And then you pull off. We always talk to other people with our faces. Guys do it all the time. A woman's walking down the street. She has delicious body stuff. And you want other guys to see the other woman. And you know not to say anything. But you look at the woman. You look at the guy. You look at the woman. You look at the guy. You look back at the woman. And he looks at you. And he looks at the woman. And he looks back at you. And you look at each other. Then you both look at her. Then you look at each other. Then you go about your business. You didn't say anything. Not with words. But you were both basically screaming with You might as well have had bullhorn screaming, your buttocks looks delicious, because that's what you were both saying. In fact, one of you who was the second person to notice the woman's delicious buttocks, because you were alerted to her delicious buttocks by another man, you also said to him, thank you, sir, for alerting me to that woman's delicious buttocks. And then you said back to him, no problem, I agree. I didn't want want to just see the delicious buttocks of that woman and keep the deliciousness all to myself. And ladies don't act like you don't do the same thing. You see a guy there that has arms, the chest and the stomach. And you look and you look at another girl and you look at the woman, you look at the guy and he, she looks at the guy and looks back at you when you look at each other. Then you look at the dude and you look back at the dude and you look at back at each other and you look at each other. And she's going, thank you for letting me know about his deliciousness. And she says, you're welcome. I just wanted to make to let you know that you did not miss the deliciousness. And then you go about your way. You come you had a conversation with a stranger. And the reason I say the reason this came up is because I go into the supermarket, I get a cart and the cart was wonderful. It was a brand new looking cart. It was clean. 
I was seeing other people take crappy carts and I was wondering why they were leaving this cart alone. This cart was pristine and wonderful. And I was about to grab the cart and the guy that collects the cart looked at me and he gave me a look like, do not do that. He didn't say anything, but his face was saying, don't do that, bro. And I looked at him like, what the hell is wrong with that chump? And I grabbed the cart and the wheel wobbled just a little bit. Not a big deal. And as I go into the car, into the store, I see other people. There's a couple other people with carts that wobbled a little bit. And it was a little annoying because if you took one hand off the cart, it would veer to the left or veer to the right. And you see somebody else with the same problem with their cart. And you look at each other like, yeah, you know, the carts. <laughs> it's the same way parents when they have a child that does not know how to act. A child that acts like a complete jackass in the store. And the people that don't have children are sitting there going, please, please. Please tell me you're the kind of person that does corporal punishment on your child, because if you do, I want to know because I have popcorn here and I'll crack it open and eat it while you kick your your child's ass. But the other parents are looking at you. Yeah, my child's a a bit of a dick also. Yeah. You know, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to complain about it because my kid will be here next week sometime acting exactly the same way and knocking stuff over because my kid is also a piece of crap like your kid's a piece of crap. So I can relate to the fact that your kid's a piece of crap. (laughs) We really do. We have these conversations without words. You know what, know what else is weird though about that cart, which was really kind of funny? It reminded me of something else. Um, not just the, the conversation that we have with other people, but how sometimes something that's like really small and we don't really pay much attention to it becomes a bigger problem later on. Because I move off of that, uh, off of that thought and I move into the fact that I'm pushing this cart and it's wobbling a little bit. And like I said, it's not that big of a deal, the fact that the, the wheel's wobbling and it's dragging to the left. I'm sorry, it was dragging to the right, actually. And it was no big deal. And after a while of walking around with it, maybe a minute or so, you start making the mental adjustment. And now you're no longer thinking about it. You're just making the adjustment as you push the cart. And then you begin to put things into the cart. And then you start noticing that wobble becomes a little tougher to deal with because now you have a, a 32 case of water in the cart. And now the cart's a little heavy. So now you got to work a little harder to make that car go straight. And then you put in the meat and then you put in the vegetables and then you put in the snacks and then you put into this and then you put into that and then you put into that. And all of a sudden, the same cart that was just wobbling a little bit is now dragging you around like you're in the middle of hurricane season somewhere. And I thought about that because this is very, very similar to what happens as human beings when you see somebody that you're going to date and there's a little teeny bit of a problem early on and you think you can deal with it. Now, as an older person, I can automatically deal with somebody for about 30 seconds and I can detect the little problem that I know is going to want to make me jump out of a window while lighting myself on fire so I don't have to deal with that person again. But when you're younger, you don't know. You see the little teeny bit of a wobble and you don't realize when you put some water in that cart and some sodas in that cart and the meat in that cart and the vegetables in that cart or the kid in that cart that that thing's going to drag you around like a rottweiler that's looking for something to eat and you only weigh 120 pounds and the dog weighs 160 you know what i'm talking about because i've been there before i've seen a guy that went out with a lady who he could not stand smokers but she was gorgeous and he goes you know what i can put up with a little smoking i mean look at her but what he didn't realize was she had actually slowed down on the smoking because she was out of the house and because she was on dating behavior. When they started living together, I'm telling you right now, you didn't have to buy cigarettes. All you had to do was put your mouth on the keyhole of their front daughter of their front daughter of their front door and inhaled. That's all you had to do. And you saved yourself about $14 on the, on a cart and the cigarettes or a pack of cigarettes or whatever that crap cost. And then he realized he couldn't deal with it anymore, but he didn't want to break up with it because he was a smoker. That would sound stupid. You broke up with your woman because she smokes. Didn't you know she smoked when you started dating her? What is wrong with you? You go out with somebody and they're a little bit flirty. It's not a big deal. You're just dating. You want to get it on with them. It's not a big deal. They flirt. So what? Until you're married with children and all of a sudden the mailman is hugging your wife a little too too long. 
Hey, Sherry, how's it going? <laughs> Here's your delivery. I was going to slide it up into your box, but uh, I figured I'd just come here and put it all in your hand. What the? What is this crap? What the hell? Wasn't cute anymore now, huh? It's not cute now when half of the family assets can leave when she des- if she decides to drop your punk ass because you can't take the flirting anymore. She's always flirting. Wasn't she flirting when you got married? Yeah, but, but well, if you knew she was a flirt. You shouldn't have married her. It was just a wobbly wheel in the beginning. And now it's dragging your punk ass all over the supermarket. Now you have a hard time pushing the damn cart from the front of the supermarket to the back of your car. And it actually pounds into your car and scratches your car. And then when you take something out, it slides down and starts rolling down the damn parking lot. And you got to run and get it. And you grab it before it hits somebody else's car. And you got to force that bastard back up the damn supermarket parking lot back to your car. You should have taken one of the ones that didn't have the wobbly wheel. But you didn't. You took this crap, you dumb bastard. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that. Because I've seen that in many, many cases. I know you've probably seen it too. You've probably seen that crap too, you know. Somebody's sitting there. You can see the problem, but they can't see the problem. And it looks like it's a little problem right now, but you know it's going to be a big problem in the future. But you don't want to say anything. You watch the person walk down the aisle with the wobbly cart wheel. There's nothing in the cart, and the wheel's already wobbling, and you know damn well what's going to happen later on. In fact, you actually have those face conversations about them. You're walking down there with your smoothly rolling cart and somebody else is walking towards you with their smoothly rolling cart. And you look at this chump walking down there and the wheel and the cart is wobbling like it's trying to get away. And this jackass doesn't even have anything in the cart yet. And you and the other person with the good carts look at each other like, <laughs> wait till he put some water in there. Wait till he put some food in there. Wait till he put some vegetables in there. Wait till he put something heavy in there. Wait till he tries to get it across the parking lot oh my god he's not gonna be good for this dumb bastard and you just sit back and wait you might even follow him around the supermarket you're going i'm now invested in this i'm interested i want to find out if this dumbass doesn't realize you can see all those carts over there your carts already wobbling you can get rid of this cart now before you invest too much time in this cart and get rid of it but they don't get rid of it. And you watch them walking out down the parking lot, getting dragged around and thrown to the left and to the right like they're trying to win the rodeo championship. And you're in there, you're about to get in your car that you smoothly got to with your good cart. And you see the other person that had their good cart, they're only parked three cars away. And the jackass is parked on the other side of the parking lot. And you're both looking at him like, he's not going to make it. <laughs> And that's what your faces say, even though you didn't say any words to each other. You've all had those face conversations. Come on, man. It's amazing what your face can actually say to somebody else. You know? You ever had a face conversation with yourself? Right? You see somebody and you're going, Jesus Christ. And you catch you look at your own face in the mirror and then you nod to yourself in the mirror like, yeah, that, that that's messed up. <laughs> At that point, your face is actually talking to itself. That means you have problems. But I often wondered about that. I mean, you know, we, we, we all do that, you know. That's how we say thank you sometimes. You know, you, somebody holds the door for you, give them a little, mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to say anything. Give them, mm, give them a little, hey. And they give it, uh, yeah. So your faces can talk. They, they don't necessarily have to do it through your mouth. They can do it through ex- facial expressions and micro expressions and nods and winks and smiles and smirks like that jackass at the damn movie theater smirking at me (laughs) i bet his wife kicks the crap at him out of him and gets mad at him if he doesn't bring home any old popcorn yeah that's right smirking at me at least i got laid three times that night punk (laughs) ha deal with it I'm, I, I don't even know why I'm still upset about that bastard smirking. I shouldn't have been upset about him smirking. Okay, I'm not really upset about him smirking. I'm upset that I allowed the girl that I was with at that time to verbally whoop my ass like that. That was embarrassing. 
There was a whole lot of face conversations going on behind my back, I bet. A bunch of people looking at each other like, <laughs> she's killing them. You know, or probably a bunch of people going, man, he's getting his ass whooped. Which is why I didn't want to look back because I didn't mind having one guy smirk, but I didn't. I didn't need to have everybody in line behind me smirking at me, you know. That would have been, that would have, I would have felt bad. I wouldn't even have wanted to get back, you know. When how I, like I said, you you go in and she puts the food down and then she goes to the bathroom and she comes back, watch the chair, and you go back out to the bathroom. You don't want to get the verbal ass whooping and then walk back out to the bathroom and then have people standing there like yeah, this is the dude has got that verbal ass whooping. Let's make faces at him that let us lets him know that we saw it and we don't approve of him being a punk. I don't want no I don't want any face disapproval, damn it. I don't mind having face conversations, but I don't want any face ridicule, you bastards. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Segment over. Folks, let me ask you a question. No, I'm not even gonna ask you a question. I just want to talk to you about something. Optics. Not the science field, but optics, meaning how things look to other people and how important that it is that we make sure things look the way they're supposed to look. Even if you didn't do anything wrong, you got to make sure things look the way they're supposed to look. Right. I knew two people. One person needed to borrow some money and one person had money to borrow. Okay, And. What happened was the person that needed to borrow money was only going to be in a financial straight for a short period of time, maybe about a week or so. So they go to the person with the money and they ask. And I know both of them, by the way. And he goes to borrow the money. The person says, yeah, sure, you can borrow the money. And he borrows the money. Now, unbeknownst to the person that lent the money, the person that needed to borrow the money had already made purchases before the financial, the the temporary financial crisis came to fruition. So all of a sudden, this person is getting he's got some shoes and some other crap, apparel, nice looking apparel, apparel that they obviously weren't 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 uh, normally wearing. And it was obvious that it cost a little bit of money to get the apparel. Now, the person that lent the money was led to believe that the money that was being asked for was being asked for something important. And it, in fact, was. And it was used for something important. And the man had every intention of giving him the money back the moment he said that he was going to give him the money back. But what happened was he started to wear the expensive clothing that he had already purchased. And the dude that lent the money started seeing this guy the next day walking around with expensive clothes on and some nice shoes. And he's sitting there going, I lent this bastard money for something important because it was an important thing. I'm not going to say what it is because it would identify the person. And he goes, I can't believe I lent this piece of crap all this money for this thing. And he comes back wearing this crap because it looked like he asked him to borrow money for something important and in fact spent the money on something like clothes and stupid crap but that's not what happened but it looked bad and it kept getting worse and it kept getting worse and every day they went by the person that lent the money would get more upset because he'd see another good shirt and more good this and another nice thing and another you yeah, look at this guy lent him the money for something important and the bastard goes to get this crap I can't believe this piece of crap buys this crap Right now, I know what happened, but I did. I hadn't talked to those two guys in a while. So the guy that lent the money comes to me and he's got the nice stuff on. I'm going, I said, hey, man, you got your nice stuff. Yeah. I said, uh, your little financial thing as well. In a couple of days, my money will come back in because it was a little snafu with this, that and transitioning this and the moving that back and this, that and this, that, the other, this, that and that. But I also talked to the guy that lent the money and he said to me, you can't believe this bastard, man. He goes and he goes and buys this crap. I give him this money for something important. He goes and buys clothes. And I said, no, no, no. He didn't buy the clothes with something important because of what happened was he had already made those purchases. I know that for a fact. So and then I explained. And he goes, oh, 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 I didn't even think about that. You know, I didn't know that. Oh, man, I feel better now. I don't feel like an asshole now. I felt like somebody I I was friendly enough to lend this money had betrayed me. I even avoided talking to him. I didn't even talk to him. I would see him and I would avoid talking to him because I was mad at him because I didn't want to say something that I didn't want to say. I didn't want to cause an argument. And this was all a misunderstanding because the optics were bad. Personally, 
if I had expensive stuff coming and I had already purchased it and I lent and someone lent me money to hold me over a couple of days because something because of whatever reason, I would have never worn that crap in a million years. That crap would have never gone out of my house. Nobody would have known I had it. You would have not seen it until after I got that guy's money back. Why? Because the optics would are horrible. You always got to think about the optics when situations like that. It happened when I had it when I was with a girl and I was, you know, hanging out with her and I was always at her place and she was always at my place. And I would go to her house and she had friends visiting and those two friends were as attractive as my girlfriend was. Right. And they're running around because they trust me. I'm the boyfriend of, of, you know, her. So they don't think I'm some kind of masher. I'm going to run up and start squeezing stuff and licking on stuff. They just feel comfortable around me. And these are the kind of ladies that don't mind walking around half naked because, hey, it's S. He's so-and-so's boyfriend. He's not going to do anything. We're okay. And he's, he's like our brother. And so they're all up on me. They all, they always give me the hugs and the kisses and everything, which is fine when I'm there with my girlfriend and they're clothed. But on this particular case, and I was dropping something off at a place and I had the key and I went in and she had carte blanche to go into my spot. I had it to go into hers. So I was over there and it was, and, it was, and I figured I'd go over there, drop this stuff off. A lot of the stuff in the refrigerator I paid for anyway, not to be a pig or anything like that, but I wanted to make a sandwich. So I go in and make a sandwich. No big deal. She had the freedom to go into my house and do whatever she wanted. Just like I had the freedom to go into hers. We were that cool at that time. So I'm eating the sandwich and our two friends come in. No big deal. I'm S. I'm like their brother. They go into the other room. And then they come back out and I can hear the shower running. And one of them took a shower and another took a shower. And then they come back out in their robes. And neither one of them did an adequate job of drying their breasts and buttockses how do i know because the robes are sticking to them but they don't think anything of it it's just s no big deal and i'm sitting there in shorts and a t-shirt and sandals and they walking around with the robes sticking to them but i'm so into my girlfriend okay i got okay i, I went to boner city i admit that but i, I wasn't going to do anything i'm, I'm okay so now instead of just going, oh, let me go dry myself off more thoroughly and put on some clothing that doesn't essentially make my robes look like extra skin because I'm essentially nude because you can see the outline of everything. They go on and they, and they sit next to me. So we never, you know, you know, we, all this time we've, we've heard of you and we've been here in town this time and we haven't even gotten a chance to see one of your shows. You know, we really like to see one of your shows. You know that? And I say, well, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool. I would, I would like that. So maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I said, I said, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we've known each other for a little while. I mean, uh, I said, I said uh, maybe you can, you know what, it'd be kind of cool. I can get you, I can get you each one of you two tickets so you can bring your guys with you. Oh, I don't have a boyfriend, neither do I. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she told us a lot about you. Now, at this point, from the outside, it looks like they're hitting on me. These two ladies are not hitting on me. They love my girlfriend at the time. I love my girlfriend at the time. There was never anything going to happen there, but it just looked bad. If you walked in, they're basically two wet, super attractive women sitting on either side of me while I'm trying to eat a sandwich, and they're close talkers, just naturally close talkers, close talkers all in my face and then she walks in and what does she see me sitting there with her two wet friends close talking me now her face frowned up really quickly it was a micro expression she knows i don't didn't cheat i still don't cheat even all these years later and i'm not with her anymore but i'm not the cheating type of guy but it just looked bad and i should have known better i should have gotten up and been walking around and talking i should have got up and gone to the couch now as it turns out they didn't even bother they just everything went along there and i could see my girlfriend micro little micro expressions at me and she knew i wasn't cheating but she knew in the back of her mind she was thinking i know you're not cheating but you enjoyed their attention too much you dirty bastard and she knew i wasn't cheating she knew it but it looked bad she didn't like the visual of two women as attractive as her because she was normally the most attractive woman wherever we went but now there were two women of, of the same level of attractiveness wet sitting next to the dude she has sex with and all up in his face it looked bad and it was my fault 
Did I enjoy it? Yes. Would I have nailed both of them? No. But but I mean, I'm sitting there and there's two super attractive women with their sweet breath all in my face. And then, hey, oh, she's right. You do work out. And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, I, you really think I work out. Maybe you should rub my chest in, in that friendly way one more time. Oh, you're squeezing my biceps, both of you, because I was in great shape at the time. Oh, I was not going to nail them. It was never going to happen. But I enjoyed having my chest rubbed. I enjoy having my biceps squeeze and I was a bust about to get out of the chair and, and finish my sandwich and you know sit on the couch or try to get some kind of distance but I didn't get a chance to because she walked in it looked bad felt good but looked bad now all I had to do was just get out of the chair and go to the other side of the room and sit on the couch you know, or sit on the or sit in the singular chair where no one could have sat next to me. They would have ha- actually had to sit on the couch opposite me or to the ca- or to the couch to my right. And the, and she would have walked in and seen him sitting there. She wouldn't have been that thrilled about them sitting there with in their, in, in these little nighties or anything like that. But at the very minimum, they wouldn't have been sitting on either side of me with their sweet breath in my face. Not that they had. Not that I smelled their breath. <laughs> breath is sweet. And the, <laughs> don't judge me. I didn't touch him. <laughs> But it looked bad and it was my fault. Right? You got to think about the optics of the situation. And I remember some another re- and the reason I say that is because I was thinking about something that also happened uh, in this in the same category of thought. I needed to get a repair done in an apartment that I was living at the time. And it was kind of a handyman guy that lived in the apartment. Good guy, good guy for the most part. And then there was a few he had a field of expertise plumbing when it came to plumbing this dude was the best didn't charge you a damn thing for the plumbing why he loved plumbing he loved to have the opportunity to do anything requiring plumbing he would charge you but he wouldn't kill you you had to get the parts or give him the money for the parts but he wouldn't kill you for the labor he would charge full price to other people outside but if you knew him and you were living there he would take care of you like that he was that type of guy great guy the best awesome with plumbing but he also had skills to do other types of repairs and once again he was money when it came to plumbing you ask him about some plumbing stuff bam this dude was money when it came to plumbing it would work it would work good he actually fixed the garbage disposal for me and not only did the garbage disposal work properly it actually jumped out of the sink came to your table and said you know what are you finished with that? And you'd say yes. And then the garbage disposal would literally take the food off the table, jump back up underneath the sink and dispose of the garbage. That's how good the bastard was. Yeah, that's right. But I asked him to do another repair. And this was the first time I asked him to do a repair outside of his realm of expertise. Now, seeing how great he was, how unbelievably great he was at that thing i'm figuring he's got at least be half as good at this other stuff and if he's half as good at this crap as he is at that i'm cool ask him how much it would cost tell him i need it done today before a certain time period he says you know what i can do it it'll be easy for me to do i can do it in an hour and i'll get it done not a problem i said he says you know what i'll i'll knock on the door when it's done that's what i expected to happen so I go back into my apartment and I begin doing my activities, whatever I was doing that day for work or whatever. An hour or two goes by and I just assume, OK, well, he we live in this virtually the same place. He probably just finished it up and went home and he figures he knows I'm good for the bread because I've already paid him for other repairs. He'll see me and I'll just give him the bread. No problem. Go outside. It is not done. Whoa not a problem he might have some other plumbing work he's doing let's be honest plumbing is his first thing if he has a couple of jobs he has to do he should do those jobs he probably already committed to those first i don't mind waiting in line there's still plenty of time not a big deal not a problem walk by his uh his 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 place and his place is right next to mine but within a couple of doors of mine his windows always open i see him sitting there and the man is sitting there drinking a beer and reading a newspaper not a problem he may be waiting for a part he may 
have done something and it says it takes a half an hour to cure. And it may, you know, when you do plumbing, sometimes you'll do something, you put some kind of concoction on a pipe and you have to wait a half an hour or an hour for it to cure, meaning for it to become solid like cement. And he's like, I'm not going to start another project until this project is completed. Not a problem. I ain't saying anything. No big deal. Let me just go about my business, go back into my apartment, begin to complete some more of my work, come back out two hours later because I forgot. I lost track of time and it's still not done and now I walk by his place and I'm going to ask I'm just going to ask him I'm not going to be hostile I'm just going to ask him what's going on I'm going to ask him if he can still do it maybe something came up maybe one of the plumbing jobs became even bigger than he thought and it's going to take up all of his time at the very least I will know if that's the case he should have called me he should have walked up and said something but no big deal he's been so good with the plumbing not a problem i'm gonna ask him and i walk by his open window he's in his underwear and he's doing yoga and i really didn't need to see that i was bad enough to see your plumbers crack now i'm seeing your plumbers wedgie and why are you doing downward facing dog with your ass to the window i gotta go I look at the clock and I realize now it needs to be done in about an hour and 52 minutes. And it's getting really close. I can't wait for this guy. I walk by, he's eating. I walk by now, he's doing downward facing dog with his ass to the window. After I stop vomiting, I go and look up the repair and realize it's something I could actually do myself. I could do it myself. I can handle it myself. So what do I do? I get the stuff and I do it myself. And I'm happy with my job. It's not as good as a professional would do. But when you look at it, it's cool. You wouldn't notice much of a difference unless you went up close. Not a problem. I'm happy with myself. Actually cost me a lot less because I didn't have to pay for the labor, even though the labor wasn't that much. Two days goes by. I haven't heard from the guy. I also haven't stopped vomiting having to see his exposed buttocks when I walked by his window. He comes up to me and says, still need that job done? And I point to it and it's done. You, you got somebody else? And I said, no, I did it. You did it. Like a little child. I said, don't worry about it, buddy. Not a problem. We're still cool. Any kind of plumbing crap, I'll, you know, you're the first one I'm going to go to. Anybody needs plumbing, you're the first person I go to. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if it is not plumbing, I am not asking this bastard to do crap. Crap. why the optics were horrible why were the optics horrible because he knew i needed to get that crap done and what did he do nothing i walked by his place he's sitting there eat drinking a beer and watch and reading the damn newspaper i go back he's doing yoga he didn't do anything and had the nerve to get upset slightly because the work was done and he didn't get to do it now like i said the optics were horrible now, say for the sake of argument, like I said before, maybe something happened where he's sitting there and he can't leave the phone. Maybe he's got a sick relative, you know, maybe his back was hurting and he did some yoga to loosen it up because the repair required a little bit of kneeling. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of story that happened, a series of circumstances that happened that I wasn't aware of. That made it where I would look at what I saw Add the story to it and go, oh, oh, I feel bad now. I did not know X, A, B, and C happened because it looked like X, Y, and Z happened. And I would go, you know what? You know what? As it turns out, we're cool. I will let you do other work for me that's not plumbing. But no. The guy was just one of those dudes who likes to make sure he promises to do things because he wants to make sure he has all the money coming toward him even if he can't do it he's one of those guys that can't say no even if he overextends himself and i've run across many people like that i've run across a couple of people like that now uh, lately then this happened in the 90s i'm talking about but the optics were horrible he seemed to be just sitting there when he knew i needed to get that work done optics were horrible at least he could have closed the damn window 
You know what I'm saying? Locked his door. I would have just thought he wasn't home. I would have, you know, and then I would have like, well, maybe he got caught somewhere. I wouldn't have seen him sitting there drinking the beer and reading the newspaper or doing downward facing dog with his old man ass at the window, which he should never do again. I wouldn't have been upset as, as well, I would have been upset, but not as upset because I would have just assumed that there was a reason and maybe it was something horrible. Maybe it was in a car accident. Maybe someone was sick. Like I said, maybe the job would longer but the optics were horrible and at, from that point on i never asked him to do anything and you know even after i'm uh, well the whole rest of the time i was in california i never asked him to do anything that didn't involve plumbing again he was still money when it came to plumbing the optics were horrible and that's the thing about it, man. Sometimes, even though I don't like being in a situation where I have to change my behavior because of what somebody else may think, sometimes you got to do it out of respect, right? Sometimes if you borrow money from somebody, even if you bought the clothes already, don't wear the clothes until you give the dude his money back. Yes, your girlfriend knows you're not going to just power bang her two smoking hot friends but make sure they're not sitting with their sweet breath and wet skin next to you at the table while you're eating a sandwich when you're alone in her apartment it was innocent but it looked bad don't be doing downward facing sweaty old man ass dog when you're supposed to be doing a repair for somebody who's been cool to you, you got to make sure the optics are right. So if you have an opportunity, make sure the optics are always right. You don't want to disrespect the other person. That's all I'm saying. Now, I don't know whether and I haven't seen that guy in a long time. The guy from California, he's still young enough where he should be alive. Now, he probably be an old guy right now. And I know you know what my name is. And there's a chance because I have a lot of people that are listening to me in California. There's a chance you may listen to this. And I want to let you know, I loved your plumbing work. I still think you're a great guy. But even though many years has gone by, I can't get the picture of your disgusting ass in the air with the downward facing dog. I'm still mad about that. I've forgiven you about not being flipped for flaking out on doing that repair work. But the simple fact that I had to walk back and got this just blasted with the view of your old middle-aged at the time middle-aged sweaty man buttocks i still have nightmares because of that you bastard the optics were wrong oh god i'm gonna throw up segment <clears throat> segment over I mean, can I ask you guys a question? Have you ever had a friend that just wanted you to help them get away from their problems? All they talk about is they just want to get away from their problems. I just got to get away, man. I can't take it anymore, man. It's too bad, man. I just want to get away, man. I want to get away and take my mind off things. I just want to get away and have a great time and get away and go from place. And I don't want to be here, but I want to be there. And she's here and she's the problem. And I don't want to be there because she's the problem. I want to go over there where there is no problem. I don't want to talk about this. And I I don't want to be around her and I don't want to complain about her all the time. And it must have been pretty bad because he was one of those guys that, you know, people that literally like to complain about stuff. They almost feel disappointed when things work out and when something works out, they're always looking for the negative thing. Well, he's one of those guys. Great guy, but loves to complain. And if you ever call his house, the first thing he does is hide somewhere in the house with the phone and complain about the family. Man, she did this and other thing. My kids, and my wife, and on Thursday, she did the and then on Friday, and my mother-in-law and whining like a punk which is not a problem i mean that's what your friends are for like the song says that's what friends are for when you're supposed to whine like a punk that's what you do you call your friends up and you whine like a punk granted it's the same crap you whine like a punk about every day and you don't do anything to solve the problem. But OK, some people think that complaining about a problem is exactly the same thing as trying to solve the problem. We call those people idiots, but that's beside the point. So he goes, man, we got to go away, man. We got to get the boys together, man. We got to go. We got to go on a trip. And I said, none of us can afford to go on a trip. And you're the one that's married with children. So your punk ass really can't afford to go on 
on a trip. I said, what do you want to do? Let's go to Vegas. I said, uh, okay. And we decide. I get to call up my other boys. We get together. I said, listen, man, he's whining like a punk again. And they knew who I was talking about. I didn't even have to say his name because of the group. He was the one uh, that whines like a punk. I said, let's go to Vegas, man. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. So we decide to go to Vegas. He wants to get away from his problems. He doesn't want to talk about his problems anymore. He wants to go away and have fun. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get away from his troubles. And that's what you do with guys. You go to Vegas with your boys. But we're all in relationships. So we're not and we're all faithful type cats. We're not going to go up there and try to nail anybody and get in, get up inside the waitresses or or try to get with the strippers or meet some lady. We're not going to do that crap. We're going to do everything short of banging uh, other women. You know, we're going to act like jackasses. We are going to go to strip clubs. We are going to go to any kind of show where there's toplessness, any kind of bar where there's nudity. We're going to do that, but we're not going to get it on with or do anything sexually with the women, but we're damn sure want to look at them. And we want to go to shows and we want to watch dudes. We want to put our money together and get some tickets to watch dudes punch each other in the face in the ring. We want to do all of that crap because that's what dudes do when they go to Vegas. They go to, to the casino and act like they have more money than they have and they're not fooling anybody because when you go to the roulette wheel and you bet five dollars everybody knows your punk ass is broke even though you're wearing that your only good suit you're fooling nobody but they don't care give them the money anyway because your dumb ass doesn't even know how to play the games you're basically just handing them money but they don't care and that's what the trip's going to be and it's a five, four or five hour drive to Las Vegas. And when you're with a bunch of dudes, you know how dudes are. You get in the car and you break each other's balls all the way to Las Vegas. You bring up all sorts of embarrassing crap each one did. You bring up all of that crap. You talk trash. You whine about your girlfriend. You whine about your wife. You whine about your job. And then when you finish whining about all that crap, your friends tell you you're the biggest pussy on the planet. And you should be like, come on, man. Don't say that because that's using the, a woman's body part of this is, is a negative and that's a wonderful thing. And you shouldn't use that word. And they say, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't call you that because that is a wonderful part of a woman's body. Is it all? Is it okay to call you a weak punk ass punk? And then you go, yes, that's an acceptable thing to call me if you're going to be insulting. And then they change the term from pussy to punk ass punk. But the thing about it is we're trying to have a good time in Las Vegas and we're doing all the things we said we were going to do. We go to the strip clubs and we're all sitting there looking at the girls and we're handing them the money and he's sitting off in the corner. Man, I can't believe my wife. And she just be good. My damn kids. He's sitting in the corner like somebody back in the day, in the days before my time, where they would sit a kid in the corner with a dunce cap on because he spent money to get into a club. You're spending an exorbitant amount of money to get money out of the damn atm because those thieving bastards raised the atm fee and all of a sudden you're giving money to these women but it's okay we came here it's your idea we came to take your mind off it and we're having a great time we got glitter on our shirts and we got women trying to sit on our laps and we fight them off by saying no no please don't sit on my lap as we sit down and point to our laps i mean no we didn't <laughs> I just don't put that girl anymore. Yes, we did. But he's sitting off in the corner. And being bad by my mother-in-law, and you be bad man, but be bad, and then being bad, I can't believe she be 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 whining like a punk. This is Las Vegas, man. You can't whine like a punk when you in Las Vegas, no man. You got to enjoy Las Vegas. But the funny thing about it is that's when you know a person is having real problems and that getting away and going to another location really isn't going to help. Mm -mm. That's why I always say I don't really complain about things anymore. I, I'm so busy focusing on fixing the problem, because if you don't try to fix the problem, all you're going to do is go someplace else and complain someplace else. I can't sit there. I know I got to lose a few pounds to get back in shape. You know, a couple of pounds, you know, two or three or 30. <laughs> don't judge me. Um, <laughs> 
uh, to get back in shape. But I don't sit around going, I got to get this weight off, man. I got to get, I got to eat some salads again. And I got to work out, lift weights and do the kettlebell and run and all that. And I got to do this, this, daggone adipose tissue. And I can't believe it. I can't stand this the extra body fat. I don't like it. I used to be in the greatest shape. I used to have six pack. That's not going to do me any good. You can't complain your ass to shrinkage. If you can complain your ass to shrinkage, there'd be no people in the world who had a, a weight problem because everybody that has a weight problem that wants to lose weight does nothing but complain about it and it doesn't do any good the only thing that does good is moving your ass and eating right that's it that's called solving the problem going someplace else ain't gonna help you can't go on a trip and go oh i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take a, take a trip to hawaii and then i'm gonna complain about my weight problem that'll solve the problem and guess what's gonna happen you're gonna come back from hawaii heavier you dumb bastard yeah i said it so we take this guy to vegas and he's whining like a punk my wife complaining about the same crap he complained about all the time and didn't do a damn thing to solve the problem did you go to any counseling with your wife no man okay did you go to any counseling with your kids did you take your kids to the side and tell them that this is acceptable and this is not acceptable no man because they don't listen did you talk to your mother-in-law about your relationship no man but so basically what you did is you did nothing but hide in a corner and whine like a punk and complain and do nothing stop being a punk you came you made us come to vegas because you wanted to get away from your problems we're sitting over here with the strippers now granted we've been over here three hours and didn't realize you weren't with us because <laughs> titties but listen man and ass by the way uh but listen man this trip was for you, man. We're actually blowing money that we could have been spending on something else. You know, we could have been spending this money on something else. We actually took time out of our day. Well, actually, this is going to be four days out of our days. <laughs> Titties. We're taking time out of our buttocks. We're taking time out of our time and spending time with you to try to cheer you up. We take you to the strip club. We take you to all these places. We take you to fights. We take you to all of this. We take you to shows. And every place we go, you sit in the corner and whine like a punk. You're not even trying, man. Now, what happens after this whole situation is over with? We're in Vegas. Titties. And we're doing all this kind of stuff. Boobs. And we're doing all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, great fights. We're having a awesome food. We're doing all this stuff. And all you're doing is whining like a punk, man. What's wrong with you? Titties. Buttockses. Huh? Come on, man. We're supposed to be having a great time here. Great shows. We're supposed to be having a great time here. Away from the family. What are you doing? So we go to a diner. We take him to a diner. We sit around and we're talking to this guy. And I said, look, dude, do you realize you actually complained more that when you were away from your family about your family than you complain when they're actually there? You didn't go on a trip away from your family. No, 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 no. Because your family, all the family problems that you were whining and complaining about like a punk when you were home are actually here with us. You, I don't know where you packed them in my car, but you definitely packed them in my car because they're here with us. You actually didn't do anything but create a, a complaint travel package. Did you put it in the mail and mail it to the address knowing where we were going to go? Did, was there a point in time when we weren't around you and you went to FedEx and says, listen, um, can I ask you a question, Mr. FedEx people? Um, I have some whining and some complaining and punk ass behavior and I'm going to be at this address. How much how much would it will you do you charge? For this whining, complaining, and punk-ass behavior, how much do you charge to have this shipped ahead? Well, Mr. Johnson, this is quite a bit of ass, of punkness. See me weigh the punk-ass complaints. Wow, you have some really heavy punk-ass complaints. Mostly about, about 20 pounds of my wife is horrible to me. My kids suck. That's a lot of that. Oh, what is this big? Oh, your mother-in-law's a bitch, huh? Well, okay, we put it all together. That's about 114 pounds. Let me do that. And that'll be a $75 for shipping. How much for overnight? 
tonight because we're going to, you know, I wanted to arrive before because we're going to leave tomorrow. I wanted to be there before I get there. Oh, no problem. That'll be another $25. Well, here's $100. And make sure you have my punk ass complaints about everything waiting for me at the hotel when I get there. Did you do that, dude? Did you mail your punk ass complaints before to the place before we got there? Or did you somehow slip them into the car? Because you created a complaint travel package and you brought that shit with you when you're supposed to leave that crap at home. Because that's what happens. You think you're getting away from all the problems. You think you left the problems at home. You think everything's going to be cool. And it's not cool. Why? Because you're still whining like a punk. Even though you left your problems behind. And I know it for a fact. I know from personal experience i'm not telling them something and i said to him i'm not telling you something that i don't know you think i never complained about a girlfriend before you think i don't know what it's like to be at work and you can't concentrate on work because you don't know whether or not you still have a girlfriend when you go home you don't think i know what that's like to go on the road and do some gigs and you're in a hotel room on a saturday night and you don't know because you had a fight with her whether or not she's on top of some other guy or just doing whatever she's doing I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. But I've learned. I've taught myself to when I get back to town, I've actually said to girlfriends when I was in relationships, listen, if you don't want to be with me, all you got to do is let me know. Will it hurt? Absolutely. Will I be crushed? Absolutely. But I'd rather be crushed right now and be able to go off and do my shows knowing that you're definitely gone than going out and doing shows wondering if you're gone and if you can't tell me right now that everything's cool or everything's not cool i'm going to say everything's not cool and get rid of your ass so at least i know you're gone so when i go do my thing when i go to work when i had a nine to five or when i go to, to do shows now that i've moved past the nine to five i don't have to worry about what you're doing now, I know it's a little bit different with you because it's your wife. I get it. But you have to have some kind of conversation like that. Either you go back and you fix your marriage and make sure you go to counseling with your kids and your wife and talk to your mother-in-law and be as polite and diplomatic as possible by letting her know to shut her stupid fucking mouth. But you got to be diplomatic about it. You got to find a way to do it. You got to do that crap because think about it. We're in Las Vegas, man. Huh? Do you remember where we were an hour before? We're at a diner right now eating club sandwiches. An hour ago, titties. An hour ago, buttockses. An hour ago, naked handstands and we're sitting here in a this is a good ass club sandwich by the way but we're sitting in this diner right now eating club sandwiches we should be at that strip club right now watching these two ladies eating club sandwiches off of each other but we're not so i said dude you got the complaint travel package right there in front of you do you want to keep carrying it around isn't it kind of heavy what about it was in a backpack and it weighed 100 pounds and you had the option of taking it off, putting it in a trash can and throwing it away because it has no value to you. Would you throw it in the trash can if it was 100 pounds of dookie? Yeah, I would. And then throw it away. I know it's not that easy, but you got to start thinking about having a good time, man. You're with your boys. We're in Las Vegas. Now we're gonna get we we've just finished eating these fantastic club sandwiches at this diner. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna go someplace and we're gonna see a folly show. And a folly show, I've actually seen this folly show because I've been to Vegas before. I think it's pretty good. So actually what happens is a guy comes out, he does a little bit of stand up, and then he brings out the dancers, they're all topless, and then there's some kind of singing, dancing review, and then the ladies are topless again. And then there's uh he comes out and does a few more jokes, and then there's a juggler who's also topless and basically it's, it's one guy telling jokes between a lot of acts where women are topless it's one of them things and i think it's the greatest show on earth that's not starring me so let me ask you a question man 
you going to come to see this wonderful show and enjoy the toplessness or you're going to keep complaining about the fact that your wife's a pain in the ass you're going to get rid of that complaint travel package you bastard or you're going to keep whining like a punk because if you're going to whine like a punk i suggest we drop you off at a bus station you get on a bus you get on a bus back to california you take your punk ass home and you go and be whining and suffering like a sucker or you can come and watch the show with us and that's what i said to the bastard and you know what he did he came to the show now there were little flashes of him starting to whine again and of course being the guys we were the kind of guys that are compassionate the kind of guys that genuinely loved him the kind of guys that would jump in a bullet for, in the front of a bullet for this guy because he was our friend we took turns slapping the shit out of him in the back of his head and my wife kapakow because he had a bald head so you get that wonderful meat on meat sound when he would start complaining i know it was, it was wrong to slap your friend in the back of the head really hard when he complained about his wife but he deserved it and my wife pakakow and he took turns slapping the shit out of the back of his head and my wife I, all right all right all right don't slap me in the head anymore shit i got handprints on my head yeah well I, I, well actually you got half a complaint so i half slapped him in the top of his head but as it turns out, by the time the weekend was over, well, it wasn't the weekend, it was actually four days. By the time the four days was over, he was having a good time. And we drove back to California and he didn't complain about his annoying family one time on the trip back. He had left his travel complaint package in the trash can and we had a great trip back to California. Of course, the moment we got back to California, he was injected back into the real world and he began complaining like a punk again. Well, actually, he complained like a punk into our answering machines because none of us was going to sit on the phone for three hours, listen to a grown man whine about his wife. You know, and he would call, did you hear my message? Your message was 47 minutes. But did you hear it? Yes, I heard your message. But. From now on, if you do me a favor, I don't mind listening to your complaints if it's around five minutes. If it's going to be longer than that, just do me a favor as your friend. Leave it on the answering machine. You repeat yourself a lot. And because it's on the answering machine, I can fast forward through it when you start repeating yourself. And then once I hear the entire message, even like I said, I'm going to fast forward through it. And I'm going to write a little synopsis of you bitching like a punk. I'm going to then call you back with the advice that you were trying to get from me. And that way, I won't have to, to listen to one of your three-hour punk fests, okay? Not a problem. So did you hear last week's? Uh, as it turns out, his whining and complaining like a punk was kind of like a um, S. Anthony's friend is a big punk-ass podcast. It was like a podcast of his punkness. And... uh you know, I would listen to it. I'm actually, when I listen to other people's podcasts, I actually listen to the whole show. Maybe not in one big swoop. I'll listen to 20 minutes and then I'll mark down where I was and then I'll come back and start from there and move on. But with him, it was like, my wife did it. And then he'd repeat himself and then I'd fast forward to that shit to go to the part where he was saying something different. And then I'd write down what he said and then I'd call him back with the advice because I wasn't listening to that stupid shit. Anyway. But what I'm saying is if you get an opportunity to go away, sometimes you can't get away from the problems that you had. Sometimes you can't get away from them permanently. Sometimes you made it a point to go, listen, this is maybe it's a marriage and sometimes you have rough periods or maybe you're in a bad marriage and you want to stay in it because of the kids. I don't know. I don't give a shit. All I'm saying is if you get an opportunity to get away from that stuff. Don't talk about it when you're away. If you're out of the house, don't bring it up. If you're going out with your friends, don't talk about that crap. Nobody wants to hear it. Leave the complaint travel package in the trash can. Go away and enjoy yourself, titties. Go away and have a good time, boobs. And if you're a lady, 
balls. Go away and have a good time, ladies. Don't complain about your husband being a douchebag. We know he's a douchebag. We get he's an asshole. You still love him, but right now he's being an asshole. So, you know, go away with the girls. Do everything shy of actually getting it on with another dude. Don't touch no genitals or anything like that. If you want to go to a strip club, make sure when you put the, the money in the dude's belt, you don't have any accidental ball touches. We know that what you're trying to be slick. Okay, because I know what an accident. Oh, did I accidentally? Oh, she was sitting on my lap and I accidentally, one of her boobs hit me in the face. Huh? And of course, I grabbed the back and went, but I mean, no, I didn't. So what I'm saying is, listen, you sick bastards. If you have an opportunity to get away from the thing that's causing your problems, don't keep talking about it, damn it. Enjoy your time away and then go back to suffering later. That's all I'm saying. You dig? Okay, you bastards. <laughs> Segment over. Okay, my friends, thank you very, very much for listening to episode number 175 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Much love to you all. I really appreciate all the listens I got last week. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the new people. Thank you very, very much. Do me a favor, everybody. If you listen to the show, first of all, go check out some of the other shows. There's a lot of weird, there's a lot of good stuff in the other 174 episodes of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I'm sure you'll find something in there that you like at least i hope so also if you have an opportunity to i would consider it an absolute honor if you would give a five-star review on whatever you're listening to the show on if you listen on itunes and i'm on itunes please leave a five-star review on itunes it helps out a lot if you listen on stitcher once again tell friends and leave a five-star review it really really helps a lot uh, the show is, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And the home base is santhonysays.podbean.com. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at, at @santhonythomas, And you can find the show's Twitter at, at @santhonysays. And for those of you that don't know, there's some new people coming along all the time, a lot of new people. If you don't know the email address to contact me, say some wonderful things, hopefully tell me how much you love the show. Because if you say anything bad, I'm going to block you. Just kidding. <laughs> no one says anything bad. If you want to tell me how much you love the show or what you want me to talk about or ask some questions or anything like that, please feel free to do so at the Yes Anthony Says Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, by the way, the coughing and choking that I just did right now is not part of the address. <laughs> it's the Yes Anthony Says Podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys more than anything else for all the cool the coolness man you've been really cool you've been writing some wonderful email much love to you i appreciate that it feels good to hear it great retweets and all that kind of stuff thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you i love every last one of you bastards much love to you i will see you next week s anthony out Here.